Do not fear. Today's text exposes significant generational and cultural divides. It comes at a time when a community longs for its past and fears for its future. It is from this place that the prophet speaks to the people, reminding them of who God is and what their response to God ought to be. Haggai is one of three post-exilic prophets who arose in Judah after Persia's rise to power. Zechariah and Malachi are the other two. King Darius assumed the throne in 522 BCE. Soon after, he allowed the exiled Jews to return to their homeland from Babylon. Recall that the Babylonian exile had lasted some 70 years. So most of the people to whom Haggai prophesied had never seen the first temple before it was destroyed. Haggai is credited with spurring the people on to the completion of the second temple. Sheshbazar, Judah's first governor, had been unable to get beyond the laying of the foundation in the 18 years of his rule. When Haggai came along, the prophet had stalled in the prophet. The project had stalled entirely. In a mere three months that comprised his prophetic period, Haggai managed to get the people going on this project again, and it was entirely completed within five years. Let us look to the text. In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Haggai directs his words to the power brokers of the day, Zerubbabel and Jehozadak, and to the remnant of the people. The remnant of the people is the group of those who had not been exiled to Babylon. This is a small audience indeed. Still, it is possible that some people aged 75 or older, in living memory of the glory and splendor of the first temple, would have been present and desired to speak into its rebuilding. The prophet asks, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? I think this is a lovely way for the prophet to hold space for the grief those still living would have been feeling at the difference between the place of their memory and a mere foundation of the present. Who remembers the good old days, he asks. What was this place like then? We often hear that refrain in this place, too, whether those days were 50 or five years ago. I'm reminded of the words of the Spanish poet Jorge Amado. Always to our view, time now past was just better to us. Calling the people back to the present, the prophet continues, How does it look to you now? Is it not as nothing in your sight? The memory of the good work of the past can spur us on into our future work if we will let it. The text continues. Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear. 
There are three commands in this short section of text. Take courage, God says. Work, God says. Do not fear, God says. For a people so long downtrodden, whose hopes have all but disappeared, it is the promise of God that makes possible a following of these commands. The people can take courage because of God's promise that the Spirit abides among them. The people can work because God's Spirit abides among them. The people can choose not to fear because God's Spirit abides among them. Nelson Rivera writes, One of the basic tenets of Haggai's theological thinking, the presence of God is evident in the glory of God, which is where the real glory of Haggai's people lies as well, not in the former glory of the temple. Without the glory of the divine presence, all attempts at national rebuilding will come to naught. Never mind about how things look or do not look, Haggai says. Concern yourselves instead about whether God has decided to make God's presence felt among you. Either the Spirit abides or the Spirit does not abide. The Spirit dwells where God decides it will. And God has decided that the Spirit will abide with those people in this place. The locus of their ability to take courage and work and not fear is in the presence of God with them. The nearness of the Spirit is what enables the people to do the work of God in concert with God. The text continues, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Everything has a season in God's time, the prophet tells us. The people cannot live on what was in the past, and neither can we. The new place we are being called to isn't a place where I can guide us alone. Rather, it is a move of the Spirit of God that we are followed, that we must follow together. Even so, God reminds us about the ultimate truth about the giving that enables rebuilding. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this place shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Again, we hear from Rivera. The temple is not merely a building, but a community of faith living in response to God. And the God from whom we hear in Haggai's prophecy is called six times over the Lord of hosts, or the God who commands angel armies, or God Almighty. Here, the Holy One reminds the people six times over of the power and might of God to bring miraculous things to come to pass. Yet when we are focused only on what we think we lack, we might miss the little miracles happening all around us like a new baby welcomed into the family of God, or like the gift of our relationships with one another. God cannot rebuild without the effort of this community. That is why we are told both to take courage and to work. 
They are called to remember whose silver and gold is in their hands. They are called to remember who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. This divine call to build the temple is a call to relationship and commitment with God. Whatever may befall us, whatever the quandary of the day, we have Adonai's promise, I will be with you. In his own time and place, Haggai calls us to hear and rely on the facts that God is truly present with the people, that the relationship between God and humanity is real, and that the community will flourish in ways pleasing to God when they and we take courage and work and do not fear. We choose first not to move from a place of fear, but rather one of remembering the divine spirit with us. We choose to take courage knowing that the church of Jesus Christ will stand. We choose to work because the work of the community in partnership with the holy is how all healthy moves in the history of the church have ever come to pass. As we reflect on the blessings this community has offered us in the past, may we look also toward the work God wants to do here at Salem. I told you last week we'd spend some time thinking about our giving and planning for the year to come. And in that place, I am reminded of the words of the prophet, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The way we use our gifts speaks to the way we value God's gifts to us. We believe in the truth of sufficiency, that there is enough for all in God's economy. The way we use these gifts speaks to whether we declare that God is with us and that the latter splendor of this place will be greater than the former. The spirit abides because God declared it so. Will we live and give to match this truth? Friends, our communion hymn today is now thank we all our God. It is number 715. We will sing verses 1 and 4.